The 5-8, your Friday night hang. We take five of the week's most notable and newsworthy topics and spend eight minutes covering each one. Join me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff, Friday nights, live, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. It's the 5-8. Here's what went down on Friday. Good evening. Welcome to the 5-8, where we discuss each of the week's five most fucked up topics for eight minutes each. So, five topics, eight minutes, two hosts, a guest, usually, uh, a little singing, some curse words, as many cocktails as we deem necessary. LB, how are you? Well, vive la France. Vive la France. <laughs> I'm doing really well. It's also uh, the Silent One's birthday might make an appearance in the after hours. Okay, so we're having an after hours then. Okay. We're having an after hours. Yeah. That is his pool stick right there. Mm-hmm. He just beat the old man that had that pool stick right there. And then they left the table and went upstairs and maybe we can get him back down. Yeah, um, I've so, played him. Happy in, birthday. I've I played him in pool and he's very good. He's he's not going to lose. That's he's it. very good. Smart he's money is on the silent one. On the uh, silent cool. one. Yeah, that's where the smart money is. Um what are you drinking? What do you got a cocktail shaker there? I got a cocktail shaker on sitting on my um linens from Nice. And okay. you know, I went full French today. Uh, but this is a Manhattan. Hey, you've got the Manhattan. I got the Manhattan finally. We got it together. I am in New York, so I'm having a Manhattan. I love it. You yeah. know that I approve. You know that I approve. I know. I believe those are cherries you might have brought here. It's I may have. I you may have brought those cherries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm having cognac because what I did before, right before the show, I have this new, uh, table where I can, I can lock the liquor away yes. and I have a box of like sort of, you know, weird stuff that I just put in a box and duct taped up so the kids wouldn't get at it during quarantine, which is now, you know, three years ago. And, uh, <laughs> I opened it and I found this bottle of apparently very good cognac because nice. it's French. We're trying to French theme and I'm also having it neat. Because this show, my friends, is the 5-8 neat. Uh, someone coined this last week, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. Might have been you, Denim. I don't remember. 5-8 uh, neat is, uh, well, let me let me go through. There's three different kinds of shows that we do. We do the regular show, which is the, you know, five topics, eight minutes, one guest. Okay? Sometimes more than one guest. We have the, the inverted, which we're going to call the 5-8 shaken, not stirred. Because yeah. it's shaken up. And then we have the 5-8 Neat, which is the same format, but just no guests. So it's just you and me, five topics, eight minutes each. Um, no excuse to <laughs> spend 40 minutes on topic three. That's what we're going to do. And cognac. And a Manhattan. On Bastille Day. It's on a Bastille Day. day. Yeah. And we have a theme. We do. That's, that's the best. That's so, the theme. Yeah. Are you ready for the timer? I'm ready for the timer. I'm going to warn you. Uh, it may go. I may go a little long because this is a weird. I'm trying to I have a lot of thoughts in my head about stuff. And I have um, confidence you're going to pull it together and land I'm this. Gonna, it just might take time. It's going to take right, time. Here we go. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Okay, it's Bastille Day, so you know it's the French Revolution, and I've been thinking about the French Revolution because I read a very good book about it, which is behind me, on the bookshelf there, uh, years ago. And what people don't realize is, and I'm, 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 I know that there's a lot of different causes, blah, blah, blah. The French Revolution happened because the French were fighting a lot of wars, one of which happened to help us Americans quite a bit. And, um, you know, in order to finance the wars, took out loans and, and went into debt to finance the wars. I don't know what country would do such a thing, but Who apparently France did. Thing? And um, so anyway, uh, you know, a couple of years went by and then the, the bill came due and the king was like... Uh, you know, um, no, I'm going to like not pay the debt. How about that? Fuck you. I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. So, uh, yeah, that didn't end well. But what the, the key point is he could have raised taxes on rich people in France and he didn't. Instead of doing that, he repudiated the debt. And guess what happened to Louis says? What happened? He was guillotined. No more. No more. Louis says. So, again, I feel like this is instructive because Kevin McCarthy debt ceiling, you know, basically saying let's repudiate the U.S. debt very, very callously. Obviously, this dipshit has never read a damn thing about history that when you have major economic tumult like that, bad shit happens. 
and it happens to poor people, but it also happens to rich people and donors because people, you know, start to find people to blame when things are that miserable. You want to avoid that at all costs. We want to avoid it, but so do they. Um, and they're not ready. They're not done the GOP right now. They're right. not, they haven't taken enough. These greedy motherfuckers. They're after the social security and Medicare. They're not going to rest until they take it. If you vote for Republicans, you're voting to give your money away. Okay. So what I'm seeing now is it feels like it's 99.99% versus the 0.01%. That's what's happening right now. You look around everywhere, you know, now the actors are on strike. Fuck. Yeah. So the writers are already on strike. That's a thing where you have this tiny bunch of fucking rich beyond belief, grotesquely wealthy parasites trying to squeeze more money out of people, right? Uh, UPS might go on strike, right? You have the whole thing with the social media companies where it's like this tiny group of people control so much goddamn money. Newspapers, that industry already, that already happened. They fired everybody and stuff like that. Even ESPN fired Jeff Van Gundy, for God's sake because they wanted to save a couple more dollars on their bottom line because they're owned by fucking Disney, which is one of the bad guys, by the way, in this. Okay. So what we have now is the people with the most money in our society are the most sociopathic, the least concerned with the common good, and they contribute nothing fucking meaningful to society. What exactly are these rich people producing that anybody gives a shit about at this point? Elon Musk, what the fuck is he doing? What's Zuckerberg doing? What, what's a, what does a vulture capitalist or a hedge fund guy do? What do these people do? What 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 is it a crypto exchange guy do? What what benefit to society does that give? You know? Well, how about a Hollywood accountant who just fucks with the books so that no movie ever makes a profit ever and nobody can ever make money about it except for the fucking corporations? What does that person do? How does that person sleep at night? At least Rockefeller and Carnegie and Vanderbilt, the original guys like this, they invested in the cities that they lived in. They were robber barons and they'd be a baron. You have to have a fucking base of operations. These people are just fucking pirates. That's all they are. They're parasites and pirates. They go wherever they want. They don't invest in anything. It's disgusting. And the media frames this as a choice. It's always a choice. It's Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg in the cage match because it's it's Twitter. So it has to be threads. And and it's Chris, Chris Ray versus the Republicans, you know, and the Republicans, you know, attacking Chris Ray, the, the director of the FBI, are doing that to try to sully up the FBI to make make it seem like it's some political thing that they're going after Trump and not because he's a fucking criminal. We all know this. But Chris Ray is also awful. They're both awful. It's like and DeSantis versus Disney. Who's one of the bad guys in the whole strike thing? It's Disney. And to say, yeah, I don't want to vote for any of these people. I don't want any of them. They both suck and they're both awful. And I don't want that kind of choice. Okay. Now, Clarence Thomas was in the news this week. I don't want to talk about him too much. Uh, he's now he's a member. First of all, Clarence Thomas is the cheapest motherfucker ever, right? Has he paid for anything ever? I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think he has. So, hey, if you want to get at him, fucking find the ethics things, find him and take his fucking money. This guy now came out this week, a member of the Horatio Alger Society, which Horatio Alger, by the way, noted pedophile. I did not know this about Horatio Alger. I thought he just wrote great stories about like kids that, you know, rags to riches tales. But no, he's a pedophile. And again, his his most famous book is called and you can't make this up. Ragged Dick. OK, I'm getting there. I promise we're going to land this at some point. OK, uh, I'll, I'll skip the whole Alice in Wonderland thing. That's for another time. So. Uh, What's happened now is in the last 20 years since Bush two came into office and then with Trump, with these tax cuts, we have seen the biggest wealth distribution from poor to rich since I don't even know when. Maybe the fall of the Mughal dynasty in fucking India 300 years ago. Right. It's a giant it's such an enormous fucking taking from people that don't goddamn need the money. They don't need the money. And all these all these fucking right wingers. The one thing they have in common, no matter who they are, is they don't want to pay taxes. They don't want to help anybody. They want me, 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 me. Fuck everybody else. That's their thing. They want to not pay their fair share. They don't want to give to creators. They don't want to give to working folks. They want to just take it all back. And I say tax them all, all of them, the billionaires, the dark money groups, the fucking churches, the offshores, Clarence Thomas's money. Take all the fucking money from these people. They don't need all that fucking money. OK, and what's going to happen is uh, this is going to happen no matter what, because historically speaking, if if 
income inequality is this vast, there is revolution. There is always revolution. It never doesn't happen. Okay. So they're going to take all this money and take, 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 and keep take, take, taking. Sooner or later, they're going to have their own kind of Bastille Day. And that's not a threat. That's a prediction because I know shit about history. Okay. So it behooves everybody, us and them, for them to just pay their fucking fair share like everybody else, or else we're going to have a Bastille Day of our own right here, and they're not going to like it. And I'm going to end with this. Jack and Jill, the nursery rhyme, and the title of this segment, okay? You know what that's about, right? Only because you can me. Jack and Jill is a nursery rhyme about the beheading of Louis Says and Marie Antoinette, okay? Here. Jack and Jill went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. It's not water. It's blood. Uh, Jack fell down and broke his crown. Double meaning there. And Jill came tumbling after. Because Marie Antoinette died in October and Louis died in January. So it was after. So, uh, again, to the rich people, again, I'm just talking historically now. Don't, don't read into this wrongly. What happened was uh, they hated the rich fucking assholes so much that they beheaded them. And then they taught their kids to have fun with the nursery rhyme about their gruesome deaths. <laughs> so that's it. That's my segment. Uh, hang on. 13 seconds. Really? Excellent. Yes. <laughs> Excellent job. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I think uh, <laughs> you're not going to push back on. I'm not pushing the rich back people. on anything. I think we'll come. We'll come to this towards the end of the of the show. But you know, and there was a thing going around uh, right before the show. Ron Perlman went ahead, mm -hmm. and I also had a thing today because we've all read this quote. It hit Deadline, uh, which is a industry website. Uh, uh, that someone was quoted a couple days ago uh, at the uh, from the AMPTP, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture Television Producers. Um, so it's the studios, basically, uh, that pay us, the, the writers, the creators. We are not, and I'll get into the details of this because I think it will fascinate people. We're not paid by the networks that you see the stuff on, except the streamers now changed all that because they're one thing. There's always a studio that pays us. We do our deals with the studio. So a studio exec, and I think network execs are, you know, in on this, uh, was quoted in Deadline as saying, and not unnamed, as saying, we're going to just starve them out, basically. Let them eat cake. When they start losing their houses, meaning the writers, then, uh, you know, this will all end really quickly. So the plan is to just hold on until everybody loses their homes. And went on the records. And then, of course, there was a big uproar of like, oh my God, we can't be on the record saying that. And that's not what we don't think that, but yes, you do. So Ron Perlman came out and made this sort of thing of like, just before it was very much like yours, except he didn't do the caveats of like, yeah, there's a lot of ways to lose a house. And we know who it is that said this. And there's a lot of ways you can lose your house. I know a lot of ways people lose their houses. Um, and he wasn't threatening. It's just, you know, you're gonna, you will lose. This is a, you can't win this game to hoard all the wealth, hoard all the power and treat everybody that, that generated that wealth for you to hoard as indentured servants. Yeah. It doesn't work. You know, if we weren't um, smart enough to know that we're not gonna stand for that, we wouldn't be the PA people creating all the content that you're profiting off of so greatly. We don't create shit content, we create content that you make billions of dollars off of. So maybe we know a thing or two about the way the world works and um, and fairness and you know equity and have some morals in the, in the skin of this game. Uh, since we write about all those things, maybe we know about those things. So yeah, I don't, I don't push back on any of that. And I do think it's all one thing. I think it's, there's this sort of careening towards an oligarchy. Yeah if not well really already in an oligarchy because there is no monarchy here, but we'll have an oligarchy. Yeah. You know, you can put all the monarchs against the wall and shoot them up in Russia and they'll still find a way to come back to an oligarchy. Yeah. Um, not yeah. much different here. We threw out the, you know, put the tea in the harbors, you know, but right. still somehow have manufactured and created these oligarchs. And uh, I don't know, it doesn't last. Okay. So that's all I have to say about that Okay. for now. For now. 
for now, let's let me put the timer back on. Okay. Number two. I think there's a lot to be upset about. <laughs> this That's week. the understatement of the week. There's a lot to be upset about. <laughs> and so there's a there's sort of a not sort of, there's a real cruelty. Uh, a wave of cruelty that hasn't yielded. It hasn't even ebbed. It's just only flowed. Um, it all came to the surface in a very uh, concrete way, objectifiable, objective way, ready to see way, pardon me, when Trump came into office and, you know, to the point to where we had sayings, the cruelty is the point. And, and it just hasn't abated. It's sort of morphed and mutated and become, had different tentacles to it. Um, so it's not just so focused on, you know, uh, people of color and migrants. It's now, you know, it's gone on to women and it's, it's, it's really rolling. And uh, I just, it, there's a poison to it. And it's connected to this concentration of wealth and the oligarchy in that we have now this party that has the majority in Congress that are just flat out owned and yeah. they're owned by our own American oligarchs, like the Harlan Crows of the world and the Cokes and they've kind of always been there, but also this dark money. So <laughs> we don't know where some of this stuff comes by. Many appear to be straight up owned by hostile foreign powers, intelligence services and the like. I don't know what to make of this guy, Tuberville. I really don't. Um, he, for, to me, kind of came out of nowhere and uh, took, you know, uh, a good seat that was a dumb seat. And it's like one of these coaches, you know, where we're supposed to go rah-rah for the coach and, oh, everybody. And I just feel like those guys are targets and yeah. get it up real quick because – Locally, they're beloved and revered and held up in esteem, especially in like the southern states or states where you have Big Ten sports teams and, you know, where sports is all you've got. And culturally, if you're a sports fan, you're into team. We're our team and we hate those guys and we're for our guys. And it's a good mental landscape preparation for real radicalization. So it doesn't surprise me it comes out of that mix and that crossover um, and it doesn't surprise me that he's the guy that led the tours of the Capitol for the, I think it was the Oath Keepers, right? Uh, was it? Right? No, I don't know if it, that was Loudermilk, I think. I don't think it was him. Loudermilk? Tuberville wasn't in there doing that? I don't okay. think so. Yeah. I don't know. He, he, Tuberville was the guy that Giuliani called on the phone or tried That's to That's right. Of. He's the one that got called on the phone. He's definitely oh. insurrection involved. He's adjacent. He's, yeah. he's or flat out in there with, the, with let's, you know, hold up the process. So, you know, he's in there with... Chip Roy and these other uh, real radicals um, holding up now the the or just actually warping and distorting the annual defense policy bill. So this is a bill that's just, you know, for the military, about the military, abiding by the principles of the military and what the leaders of the military communicate through the Pentagon that they need in order for us to keep having the best in class military in the world, right? And these these men and women that are leaders, they know what they're doing. They know what they need. They know what works. They know how to build community. They know how to keep, you know, keep our troops safe and provide the kinds of services that are necessary for troop readiness and deployment and general sort of state of welfare, having it be um, the well-being of their of all of their members who are there to protect and serve, right? This is what it's all about. Um, so they got these Congress critters got in there, these GOP Congress critters who we don't know who they're beholden to, really truly beholden to, and started ripping up this uh, annual defense policy bill. Kind of seems like it started with this, um, there was a pay raise that, did, that was coming with it and the Democrats were supporting the pay raise. So we're talking about, again, the same thing, giving the military more yeah. money, everybody getting sort of a standard pay raise. But because it was supported by Democrats, the Republicans decided 
we're not for that. So it started here. This is like the baseline. No, we're not giving we're not giving our own troops more money. And now that we have this bill in front of us, let's start tearing it up and use it as for our culture wars and blame it on the wokeness culture war of the Biden administration. But yet all of the things that they attacked are things that have been in there. I think some of them since Bush, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. has nothing to do with Biden. Um, so the big thing for me is that they're doing away with reproductive health care services and abortion services for military members. So if you're deployed somewhere and uh, you're a female service member and you are raped, you cannot get an abortion. You cannot get the funds to fly home, even if you're from a state and home based in a state where abortion is legal. No, they're taking it out. So. That to me, the communication, everyone's sort of an uproar about this. And it's all this sort of like, and Tuberville is at the forefront of that. That's why he was blocking the military nominations. It was all over reproductive rights for troops. To me, that's, we don't want women in the military. Yeah. That's what that's about. It's about getting us out of the military. They don't, and that's about, in my opinion, uh, men like these GOPers, not wanting to listen to women. They don't want to take orders from us. They don't want to collaborate with us. They don't want to work alongside us. They don't want to give us orders and have us work for them, but yet have there be constraints on whether they're going to assault us or not, or harass us or not. This is about women are property. They're not, you know, these, these men do not want to listen to women. Just hearing our voice sends them into the stratosphere. That's what it's about to me. So here's the way to get women out. Let's make it so that even if they're raped while on the job and stationed somewhere, where even if abortion's legal, where they're stationed, they can't get an abortion. Who's going who's gonna to sign up for that job? Yeah. Yeah. So they want us out. They want a military that's in the Wagner mercenary vein. They want to be able to rape and pillage and not have anybody monitoring them or calling yeah. them to task. I also see that anytime you get only a group of men together and you say women aren't allowed in here, bad shit goes down. I'm sorry. It just does. Well, I mean, you're only saying that because of thousands of years of recorded history, though. Yeah. What, what is history, though? They're also one of bar trans health services. That was um, in place during Trump. Yeah. And I remember quite uh, vividly, Millie, Trump having it being because someone got in his ear and he, what does he care? Right. And so and Millie like, no, 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 no. we're protecting our troops. And so we're going to have healthcare services available for all of our military members. We value them all. Um, so uh, they're blaming that on Biden. It has nothing to do with Biden. Um, and then eliminate the diversity office at the Pentagon, along with all personnel. And it's not just diversity, it's equity and inclusion office. Mm -hmm. So you better not be black. You better not be Hispanic. Because if you go in there and you're going to say, look, I just had somebody use a racial slur or I'm being discriminated against or something's happened, being harassed based on my race or even my religion in, you know, or my gender, right, in the military, there is no oversight for that. You go, there's nowhere to go with your complaint. Yeah. You get no justice. You get no services. You have no one has your back. You're in the military and no one in our own military has your back. That's what they're doing. It's cruel. It's cruel and it will beget cruelty. It will turn our military into exactly what Vladimir Putin for years has been saying the U.S. military is. Remember Trump in the interview when he was just a nominee? I think it was Bill O'Reilly. And he's like, Putin's a murderer. 
And he's like, do you think we don't do bad things? Mm -hmm. That's a Kremlin talking point. Remember suckers and losers? That's a Kremlin talking point. Degrading our military is the greatest gift you can give to the likes of Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. This is it. Yeah. And they're doing it. I'm outraged by it. I don't know how we come back from that. I don't. I don't know how we come back if they get their way on this. I mean, from a diversity perspective, the diversity of the United States is our strength. So they're trying to eliminate that. And I don't think like an incel army of like white dudes is going to, you know, cut the mustard here. Um, I think that if the goal is to look like Russia's army, we're going to, uh, an army like that is going to look like Russia's army. If you yeah. catch my drift, they're going to get the shit kicked out of them. So yeah, so these uh, guys will have ticker torches though. Yeah. Right? Well, that's good for them. That's um, what we have. Yeah. It's really, it's from a military standpoint, it's stupid. And I think all the military, like the generals and stuff know that. And uh, you know, th- there's been a lot well, of pushback. They're not even appointed. They're yeah. not even, they can't even get, they can't even get in there. And they're having to like quit or just leave. Yeah. This is really putting our national security. It's just, it's unreal. And I think that the Democrats should run on this. I think we need to become the party of national security. Yeah. 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 I mean, Tuberville is, you know, he's single-handedly holding this shit up. And just, just to circle back on that, I'm not a college football guy at all. So I didn't know who this guy was really, but he started his career coaching really at Ole Miss, which is in Mississippi. And the team is literally called the Rebels. And when he got there, they used to wave Confederate flags in the stadium because that's kind of what they did, you know, as a thing. And he was part of a movement to stop that policy, not because he disagreed with it, because he's he's a proud white nationalist, as he said. Yes, yes, he has said on CNN. He said it numerous times. So he's fine with the racism. But he's not fine with going to recruit black players and saying, hey, by the way, we have this horrible, you know, slavery sign. Come play here. He, he knew that it would be bad for recruitment if they continued to do that. So he was completely cynical about the reasons why. And then he's also one of these fucking coaches that's like a lying sack of shit. Like he said at Ole Miss, they're going to have to carry me out of here in a pine box. And then a week later, he took another took the job at Auburn. You know, yeah. did okay at Auburn. He starts to peter out at every stop. Like his, you know, he was okay for a while, and then everything, you know, kind of passed him by strategically oh. as, a, as a coach. And he's he also he's finish. one of these guys who was literally like at a who was when he was working at Auburn, he was trying to recruit somebody to go there. Got up from the dinner table and just left because he became the coach of some other school. So he's basically he'll, he's a prostitute. He'll just go wherever the money is. He has no loyalty, and he's a fucking rebel. I mean, he's that's that's it, you know. He's the Confederate. Confederate. That's that's who this guy is. And again, Giuliani called him during the fucking insurrection. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many more dots we need here to connect. There's no more dot. This is like a one of those wheel of fortune things where there's one vowel missing. You know, I'd like to solve the fucking puzzle here. <laughs> Even his own brother is on saying that that you know the guy's an awful asshole, and many of the players who played for him. So he is a complete piece of shit traitor. He's a traitor who's keeping everyone in this country less safe. That's who this fucking asshole is. These are the worst men in bed, by the way. So I'm just <laughs> the worst. <laughs> See, there might be a prescription for that. There might be a prescription medication he could take, but he probably refuses to take. It. Oh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because oh. uh, <laughs> um, actually, he can't. He can't. He can't mix the two. Apparently, um, okay. You know, we have a sponsor. I don't know if you do. Oh, we that's have a, right. We have a sponsor. Yeah, we have a sponsor this week. It's very fun. So uh, let's, let's, let's throw it to our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. You're old school GOP, a fiscal conservative who supports a strong U.S. military, lower taxes, and the separation of church and state. You don't like the QAnon crazies and MAGA insurrectionists who now make up the base of the party. But you have to appeal to them because you're a Republican member of Congress running in 2024. How do you sleep at night knowing you've made life less safe for pregnant women, the trans community, and anyone near a lunatic with an assault rifle? Hi, I'm Nikki Haley. I know exactly how you feel. I feel that way too 
every single day. And that's why my doctor prescribed Cruzac. After just four days on Cruzac, I don't feel anything anymore. Nothing bothers me. I say whatever I want and don't think twice about the larger repercussions. It's pure bliss. Ask your doctor if Cruzac is right for you or visit our website at www.cruzac.ru. Cruzac was only FDA approved because Trump said so. Possible side effects include diarrhea, hives, and criminal indictment. Do not mix Cruzac with alcohol, cough syrup, ketamine, or Viagra. If Cruzac doesn't work, try our similar products, Linzadone, Ella Stefanix, and Jim Jordistat. Cruzac, because feeling nothing is better than feeling bad. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> oh my god chunk for the win yeah and shout out to my wife stephanie for doing the the, the voice there does anybody even know what nikki Haley sounds like no <laughs> <laughs> she sounds Nick, nice yeah, yeah i'm yeah. sure yeah all right she's like i uh, don't don't ask me about Khashoggi, please yeah that's it exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um <laughs> all right moving on moving on again five eight neat Meaning no guest, but the same show. Oh my god, just lightning a lot outside. So did it really? All right, perfect time. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah. That's like that is God saying, Hey, it's time for the next segment. It's getting hot in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, like right on time. Good job, God. Um, <laughs> or Zeus or whoever. I think Thunderbolts are more Zeus's thing. Um yeah, so this segment is about climate change because we have to keep talking about this. I don't know if you know, I, I've been looking uh, more, I've been reading the Washington Post and New York Times online more than I usually do because, I don't know, Twitter sucks now and I have to go to yeah. the sources. And um, I realize that I'm paying for it and I should probably read. There's whole sections of the paper now that just talk about climate change. I mean, there's there's like story after story that's like, oh, this is really awful. And then you go to the next one. Yeah, you know, people are dying in the heat and there's nothing to do about it. It's so hot outside that workers are literally dropping dead from heat exhaustion and they have no recourse. Like, that's where we are right now as a society and as a country. So um, the papers are covering this and and good on them. It is getting play because it's like, how can we avoid this shit at this point? Like last week during this past week, it rained so much here uh, in upstate New York and in, in the Hudson Valley. We got as much rain in one afternoon than we usually get for an entire summer. It yeah. was like 10 inches of rain in like six hours or whatever it was. Yeah. This is the same storm that hit Vermont where there's lots of flooding now. And, you know, down by Garrison and places down, you know, closer to West Point was just, you know, really, really bad. And yeah, it's not stopping. Like this isn't like a, like a blip that's going to be like, ah, next, next summer will be bet. Like, I don't see how this, how this is going to stop. So, uh, you know, what's going on in California? I know you're in New York now. What's going on I'm with California? Because I mean, you were talking about California. Well, we left like in the nick of time. And this epic heat is now in uh, Southern California and across the West. Uh, it's terrible. Like I'm, in, I'm talking to everybody and they're like, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Like it's hotter than ever. It's finally a furnace. Now it does get hot, you know, every year, but you can get a little, typically get a relief. Uh, it's there's no relief. It's going to be in Death Valley, 130 degrees, which will be the hottest place on earth. And I don't know that we've ever had a heat like that. And it's in the United States, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I mean, it's bad, guys. Here's what California is facing. And one of the reasons, there's a couple reasons we made, we were going to move next year. We moved it up because the strike was happening and it was like, let's take a, you know, do what we can to take advantage of this work stoppage. Go ahead and move now because it'll be crazy when the work starts again. Uh, it'll be, there'll be no, there's no good time to move, but it did, it, it was a little bit of a window for us. And, but what we were seeing was we got, we had a lot of rain in Southern California and across the state, actually, this last year, and everyone's so relieved by the rain. And, you know, we're kind of by where there's lakes and rivers and where we lived and, and those all filled up and it was lovely. 
and all the grass really grew and all the brush grew on the canyons and the canyons were big and lush and green. And we hadn't seen anything like that for a long time. It was like Ireland, breathtakingly beautiful. Um, but it grew and now it's hot and it's drying out and all of that is fuel. Ooh. And so I, I, I don't know what this fire season is going to be like. I'm terrified for my friends and, you know, and everybody there. I think it's going to be bad, but we'll, you know, we'll see. I'm not trying to wish bad things. You know, I, it just, it, it doesn't look like a good mix here where we are here. Um, we're kind of close to Vermont. So we didn't get the flooding that Vermont got. Vermont just got hammered. There was hail coming in. That was weird. Yeah. Um, it's just odd. You know, it's all a little bit off. Um, I don't think there's going back. This is just not toothpaste that goes back in the tube. Yeah. It's not. There was some an interesting story. I wish I had it to post about someone who's created a kind of paint and I hope yeah 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 I hope that's real no no it's real it was on the front page of the New York Times yesterday okay tell me about it yeah there was there's a scientist or a team of scientists at Purdue University developed this kind of it's like white paint but it has super duper like they use the word super heroic that was the word they used oh, in the article okay. um properties where it reflects the heat and light back so if once they can mass produce this paint, apparently, okay. uh, if enough surface area is covered with the paint, it can arrest, it can't stop, but it can slow down the uh, the climate change stuff. So the, the okay. amount of paint that we need literally has to cover the entire Sahara Desert. It's that. Uh, but, I understand, but there's a lot of parking lots out there. There are a lot yeah. of roads. There's a lot of maybe everything yeah. just turns white for a bit so we want to have like a hopeful yeah. thing because that is hopeful and that is a thing and i think you yeah. know i really do feel that once we get closer which we're getting to now people will figure it out we're smart you know humans are, are smart uh and adaptable and flexible and when we're faced with crises you know usually we can figure shit out we're pretty good at it i think so yeah and i think anytime we talk about this it is important to remind everybody about what the rich did Mm -hmm. So um, what the American oligarchs did, the tech oligarchs, um, yeah, you know, back in the mid, early to mid aughts when uh, uh, Al Gore, sorry about that, guys, when Al Gore was running around with inconvenient truth, right? Mm -hmm. And the movie was playing and everyone's like, oh, yeah, I see the movie and blah. Um, and there for it was at, right at about the time that you had these new young billionaires at the Peter Thiel's, the PayPal folks, yeah. e Elon Musk, even before Tesla, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, these the Twitter was barely, you know, Ashton Kusher was trying to get people to sign on to this thing called Twitter. Right. But these guys had money. It was that Web 2.0 and the money was flooding in. And then there were, you know, this the Steve Jobs and the and the Bill Gates of the world that had had money from the 90s, 80s and 90s. And they courted the, this is why they all got tagged. Everybody thought that these folks were like liberals because they were hanging out with Al Gore. But they brought people in from, uh, from our armed services, from the Pentagon that had studied the consequences of the climate change and were paid them money and they gave, give us the real scoop and they got the real scoop. And the real scoop was, it's too late, <laughs> it's bad. Um, and showed them the maps and showed them and stuff. And then you had people like Peter Thiel and Mark Zuckerberg, instead of taking their enormous wealth and bring it to solutions, just did things like figured out how to accelerate the problem to profit off of it mm -hmm. and buy bunkers in New Zealand for themselves. Yep. That was the response. It was not only, it was wholly selfish and self-serving and profit geared. Yeah. Uh, and when I think back about that's 20 years ago, 15 years ago, the kind of good that could have happened, mm -hmm. the kind of for all of humanity, but no, those fuckers just couldn't bring themselves to do it. They could only think of themselves and only think of their, of their money. Yeah. 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 Happy that's it. Day. 
There's not, there's not, you know, they, they, they don't contribute anything. Where's the, what's Musk spending money on this? Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller, who was the richest man that the, this country's ever had in terms of percentage of GDP. It's not even close. Nobody's ever been as wealthy as, as he's been relative to everybody else. Invented modern philanthropy because he had so much money and people kept asking him for it. Thanks, he was Carnegie. like, we have to, we have to, no, no, no. Rockefeller, way wealthier. He was like, we have to, we have to professionalize this and figure out a way to do and did all these amazing, like good things. Like, you know, bought the land and built the UN building in New York. Like Rockefeller paid for all that stuff, you know, cured where there was this weird worm thing in the side, like cured that, you know, did like real tangible, good things. Um, maybe after he died, but it, you know, it was a, it was a thing that he, what are these guys doing? They're not doing anything. What are they, they're building a fucking rocket to leave the place. Fuck you. Yeah. Really? Fuck all of them. Fuck uh, you them know, uh, the only well, ones I mean, doing any good are the, are the divorced wives, you know, divorced wives, maybe, um, you know, I mean, uh, for all the women that Elon Musk offers to buy ponies for, they could instead say, <laughs> you know, look, I'll touch your dick if you give two million, two billion dollars for the climate. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they or, or all the Nazis and sex traffickers that he's paying for engagement on his shit website. Yeah. yeah we haven't even mentioned that. Yeah. One last thing about getting hot in here, then we'll move on. Um, yeah. Years ago, I read Elizabeth Colbert, who does who writes about this for The New Yorker and has written a bunch of books about it. I remember her saying, because you mentioned it's never been this hot. It has been this hot. It was this hot 125,000 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> Human civilization didn't really develop until like 10,000 years ago. And the reason it developed when it did is because it got slightly cooler. Yeah. Like we were here for millions of years and we didn't do shit. Then it got a little bit cooler and then we did all this great stuff. So, yeah. you know. Again, that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. We're going to be back in caves, like hitting shit with rocks because nothing's going to work. So yeah. we don't want that. I'm yeah. out with that. As soon as the Wi-Fi stops working, I'm, I'm done. I'm Are out. you done? Yeah. I'm not going to live in a bunker in New Zealand. I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm Who out. Who can afford it? <laughs> Who can afford it? Who can afford it? Okay. Afford it. Baller move of the week. Wait, wait. It's time for, hold on. Yeah. Baller move of the week. Okay. Yeah. Baller yeah. of the week. All right. So, so baller of the week. I'm giving it to. I get to give it this week. Okay. I am giving it to SAG AFTRA. What a baller move. There she is. Fran yeah. Drescher, president of SAG AFTRA. God bless this woman. And every member, they did it. Now, there was a deal on the table. They could have taken the deal and it wasn't quite good enough. They could have done what the directors did. The directors fucked us, fucked them. I've had enough of them. Um, but SAG, that powerful union said, you know what? No, you're screwing the writers. We're sticking by the writers. And also you're still going to try to screw us. It's not a good enough deal. We are not up for you having the right to our image and to exploit us in perpetuity, in perpetuity, I can't even say it. Fuck it. Too many, too much Manhattan. Um, <laughs> right. Without our consent or without paying us. So, yeah. yeah. Oh God. I love it. I love it so much. I, it, it nearly brought me to tears. I can't tell you how, you know, look, I, I, I'm okay. You know, my family's okay. I'm okay. I'll get right back to work when this strike is over. I was there on the picket lines. I'm still doing everything I can, what I can on Twitter when I decide and using my social media. I'm st still communicating with my guild. I'll make it down to New York City and we'll go ahead. Oh, I'm not on the screen. That's not what I wanted to do. What do okay. you want to do here? Let, let, okay. Let, I want to see you one. more. I want to yeah. see you more. Okay. We'll, we'll go, we'll go to, uh, you know, go to New York City, you know, and help and, do my thing in the city. So I'm still there, right. As a big part of this and I'm going to be okay. Um, and still, I just, oh, I just, I'm so grateful for these actors. I can't yeah. even tell you. Yeah. It's going to make me cry. Just so grateful. It's, it's so lonely as a writer. You're so alone alone all the time you're 
even though you have your guild, it's you're just alone. You're alone fighting for every job, right? You're alone negotiating your deal once you get the job. You're fighting for to get a decent, you know, get your quote honored and maybe even a bump and get decent anything, right? You just it's always this fight. And now it's like they stop paying us. And it's like you can't stop paying us. We need to, and you want to just, you know, have a robot write scripts and it's just a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. And we just never have anyone having our back and for the actors to come out and do this and to even just like leave the deal on the table and say, fuck you. We're doing this because you're greedy fucks. Yeah. And you don't deserve what you are are trying to take away from all creators. You don't deserve it from the writers to the actors. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. It's, it's really good stuff. good stuff. Yeah. And now the A-listers are coming out and we needed them. There was a little bit where I'm like, well, God, are we going to get any of the A-listers talking about this? Because, you know, we do have some scabs. I'm sorry. We do have folks that are not honoring. Wait, you mean A-listers like James Caraviziel? Is he an A-lister? He's not. Headline in that movie. I don't even know how to say his name. Nobody knows is he, his name. Um, no. Is he in SAG? Because, you know, if he is, he's going to have to stop doing publicity for this fucking awful movie. Of course he is. Yeah. I wonder if he's um, going yeah, to, will, really- will God tell him to break the picket line to, to promote his fucking garbage care. movie? I don't yeah. care. Fran Drescher is really in the, and the, and the SAG leadership is really saying like, we're going to, like, they're really pulling, you know, you had a, you read the thing about, um, was it you or our friend uh, about uh, Chris Nolan and the Oppenheimer? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were they walked out of the premiere. premiere. Yeah. They walked out because they're like, we can't promote. We're on strike. I'm sorry. And uh, so all of that. <laughs> You know, talk about Chris Nolan. He was the one that had that Catwoman line. You think you can just be rich like this and we're coming for you. <laughs> you know, you don't know what we're doing here, what you're what you're up against. Right. You just think you can hoard all this wealth. You know, that doesn't that's not the way it works. So, yeah, we got we got support there. It's just. Oh, can I ask a question? Because yeah, I have a question. Ask about everything. This. I'm okay, going to tell you. Now, somebody from, I'm not as involved with this obviously right. as you are right you're um, a novelist i don't know i know a little bit about that i used to be i'm a lapsed novelist so the you know i don't know the players i have to say what i didn't know who the president of sag is when it was when i found out it was fran drescher i can't tell you just aside from everything you just said i'm just delighted because i love her yeah means she's going to be on tv now for the next three months she's and we're going to get to listen to her which is yeah. fantastic yeah so there's that but who are like okay everyone's on strike Right. Explain who you're on strike against. Okay. Like, who are the villains here? I know they're greedy motherfuckers. <laughs> Name them. All right. So here's how it works. So we're as writers. I can just speak for the writers. The actors also make their deals with studios. So I know everybody sees sort of like, let's talk about networks, right? So you see like CBS, you take like sort of the big five networks, and then you see the cable news channels because that's what you're tuning into to actually see the content. Um, or you go to the movie theater, you're watching a movie and you see the title cards that come up, like the lion for MGM and the 20th century, it's not 21st, right? Whatever. And then the Warner brothers water tower and the water, you know, the WB, um, those are what I just described in the movies. Those are the studios. When you're watching stuff on television, those aren't necessarily the studios. Those are the networks. You're always doing your deal with the studio behind the network. So it's the people who write the check. So for like, I once had a show, uh, I saw a pilot to Fox was a network, but the studio was Warner Brothers. So there are a couple studios that don't necessarily have a direct outlet. Now with streaming, that's all changed. And they can sell to anybody. Warner Brothers could sell to anybody. They could sell to any of the networks, any of the cables. I had another show, uh, FX, right? And so that went through FX Studios, not the channel. Then the studio pays for everything. So we do our deals with them. And then they do a deal with whatever the network is that it ends up airing on. And it's a split deal for the advertising dollars that come in. That's how they get reimbursed. But we get our money from the studios. So the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers is generally who we're fighting against are the studios. Now there also are smaller, you know, there's smaller studios. There are people who are called guild signatories. 
So like my podcast, everybody's like, when is your next season? I was just ready to do the next season for podcast. But guess what, guys? I'm working with a guild signatory on that, right? So, because I'm in the guild. So boom, we went on strike. I can't touch it. I can't talk about it. I can't develop anything. I can't, um, that's done until the strike is over. Um, so even like little small outlets that become guild signatories because they pay me. Whoever pays me is in this alliance. And there's something called like all unions, we have a collective bargaining agreement mm -hmm. as a union. And so that is our basic contract and it establishes minimums. So this is the minimum you have to pay me to write a feature script. This is the minimum you have to pay me to write a television pilot or per television episode, right? Those are all minimums. And then there's my quote. So then that's like based on what caliber of writer I am and how long I've been doing it and the success of my past writing or my last deal, your agents and lawyers negotiate your quotes to go up. All of it paid for by a member of the AMPTP. Okay. So who are the big ones that refuse to honor when the we, every, every so often our contract comes up, our collective bargaining agreement comes up and the, the union sits in front of the representatives of the AMPTP and negotiates a new one. And in this one, we came to the table, the writers came to the table and said, we're not okay with this AI thing. We need to have stipulations in that. We're not okay with the residuals that we fought for last time from the streamers. They're making record profits and they're not sharing it with us. Apple wasn't fucking paying anybody. I'm sorry. Apple owes me money. It, it's bad. It's bad. They weren't paying us and they were fudging numbers and then the, and threatening us with AI and uh, we would have no recourse on any of that. So all of those things. And then also the, the typical bumps. We want you to pay more into our pension and health. We want you to pay all of the typical bumps, uh, our minimum, our, our guild minimum payment, right? So you can't pay any writer less. There are writers that get paid a lot more than the minimum, but you can't pay less than this. You know, if it's a television pilot, you can't pay less than this. If it's a feature script, this is the basics of the agreement and they turn their backs on us. They turn their backs on us. They wouldn't give us basics and they wouldn't give us anything on the new stuff. So same for SAG, except they did come to the table with SAG. The directors, they put very nice deal in front of the directors. The directors took it. They didn't have to. They could have had our backs. They fucked us. But SAG did not. And so now for the first time in 60 years, the writers and the actors are striking together. And it's wonderful. I, I mean... What happened last time? Be able to have working wages. What what, you know what, what came out of it at, last time? Do you know? I got to look at that, Greg. I'm not quite okay. sure. It I'm could sorry, be residual payments, but I don't know. But the no, I mean, I mean, creatively, like what happened after the fact is what I'm getting at. Like I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I have to look at that. I need to look at the history of. We'll all figure that. it out from next because I think I'm going to give you guys the bad guys. So here, yeah, I want the villains. All right, so Bob Iger at Disney. We're mm. going to start with this guy. Now, the last time that Bob Iger, I don't know what his salary is. He seems to have taken less salary and he's got, he's at the most profitable studio that owns everything and they have parks and, you know, um, but the last time in his contract, it was, and he's got a new one now. I don't know what it is now, but last time it was $27 million a year. Okay. Then there's David Zasloff, who's new at Warner Brothers. All right. Okay. And so when you look at Max and all of that, these streamers are the ones that are really fucking us this time, by the way, guys. The streamers are the ones. Um, he made $39.3 million in 2022 for his salary. Okay. That's yes. about 39 point something million more than I made. So and okay, for, just for all of our for all of our researchers, open source researchers here, I encourage you to go look up this guy. Go look him up and dig up some stuff and start posting it. You'll enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> and we have Jen Psaki, who I personally like, and she is at the head of Amazon. Um, I don't want to, she's, she's great. I don't think she's the one that gave that quote. <laughs> I know she's not. Um, but she's sitting on when she got her job in 2018 at the head of a Amazon studios, 2018, five years ago, her annual budget for developing Amazon content, television and film for streaming was $4.5 billion five years ago. And we all know how much profit 
Amazon has made since then, especially during the pandemic. Record, record money. I don't know what her budget is now. It's got to be through the fucking roof. She could spend a little bit more on the people who write all the content. She could. What's her name? What's her last name? Jen Salke, S-A-L-K-E. And I bet she's probably trying to. I'm going to believe in you, Jen. You're a good woman. I know it. I like her. Come on, Jen. I don't think you're one of the baddies, but that, but the streaming is. Come on. Get those men in line. And then the evil villain of all evil villains, I'm saying this. I don't care. If he could chop my head off, it might be my head that's rolling down the hill. I might be Jill. I don't know. The one that's really fucking ever and holding held things up in the beginning, and it's just been a, a just terrible about all this is Ted Sarandos at Netflix. Mm. His salary in 2022 was $50.3 million a year. And he, these are the people that have the audacity to say, we're just going to keep holding out until they all lose their houses. Can you buy a nice house if you make that much money? Is it hard to get a mortgage if you make $50 million a year? Yeah. Or do you have to? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't Those know. Bad guys. Thank you for thank you for clarifying that because I feel like we do need to know. I feel like for me personally, I, okay. I want to know who to, you know, who to sort of focus on. So they're all like Tim Robbins and the player then basically. Exactly. I mean, I, I can't believe you just said that. I was going to bring that up. I had that. At the thought. end of the movie. Not the, not, the end of the movie yeah. where he just kills the writer and it's the yep. wrong writer, but it doesn't matter. He gets the promotion and he moves on and now he's the head of the studio. Yeah. 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 Perfect. It's a perfect yeah. ending. Traffic yeah. was a bitch. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, great on the actors for striking. Um, yeah. Stick it to the man. Eat the Yay! Bastille Day. Okay. Uh, announcements. Do we have any announcements? No. We're going to do an after hours because after we're, hours. We're, we're cruising along here. This is going to be one of our shortest shows, I think. I can't even I believe it. I love it. Well, we know how to keep to eight minutes. Oh, I guess. <laughs> and we've gone over. We've gone over our little segments. We got one segment left. Do you have an Do you have an announcement? Anything I just want to say that? thank you to everybody for joining and signing up. And, and we appreciate the support. And again, I've been I've been very bad about the stickers for new members, so please write me and and uh, you know let me know uh, okay. if, if if stickers are needed. I will happily send them to you. Stick one. Right um, oh yeah, we need a little five eight sticker. Little five eight. Sticker. Um, you know we appreciate everything. Uh, again, we're going to podcast this now. Audio podcast is now available. Um, you can get that wherever you get podcasts. And um, yeah. So I think those are the announcements. I had a fun show. I had a fun prevail today. Uh, yeah. Tom Kemp, who wrote this great book about containing big tech was on and uh, he's wonderful. He's going to come on the five, eight back, you know, after the book comes out and he's, he's great. He was, I had a lot of fun with him. Uh, he, yeah. that will be a good one. So uh, keep an eye out for that. That's it. I think that's all I've got in terms of announcements. I think. Yeah. All right. So let's roll into our last segment here. Okay. Uh, what is the last segment? Wait, it's, we have to wait for the scroll to get to it. So everyone can see. It's you say it. Image Orthicon. You know what that means? Unpack it. Okay, so um, when the Emmy Awards were first, they were called the Image Orthicon as some kind of gizmo that they used to do the thing, to make the, the TV shows. And it was called an Emmy, like I-M-M, for Emmy Orth. And then it became Emmy because people, I guess they were doing that North Atlantic accent. Ah, I've won the, I've won the Emmy for blah, blah, blah. On the Emmy. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so we we thought we would end the show. Uh, it's not a bird. Um, we thought we would end the show on an up note. The Emmy nominations uh, came out this week, so um, you okay. Know. Now I don't know what they are, and I purposely did not look because I knew you want we wanted to do the segment because I missed it because I was it was busy here. So okay, I this is going to be a surprise to me. You're going to get a. A genuine reaction. All right, let's hear it. Okay. I want to hear I'm it. not reading all the nominees. I'm just talking about people that I want to win. That's 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 what I was going to do. Yeah. All so. right. Well, give me some of the, some of the nominees. Well, you know, everybody from Succession, everybody from White Lotus, pretty much. Uh, okay. Everybody, you know, the Ted Lasso people that you that you didn't watch, and uh, there's other things. All right. So, so uh, let's go back. Is there? But, but go ahead. What? Who in Succession? I want to go through the Succession. List. I think pretty much okay. everybody. Like, but in what categories? You're gonna make me look on my phone. Yes, aren't okay. you prepared for this show? We gotta, we gotta um, even. You know, I am not. We got some prep notes to be super prepared and tight. Okay, 
I know. We, you know, we, the prep note said at the beginning, didn't say. All right. Well, this it, is the end. It yeah. didn't say at the Let's end. Let's not so. peter out like Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to leave. I'm being offered a job in Cincinnati. Let's okay. get a little satisfaction out of our hour together. That you. I th <laughs> Come on. Okay. Now. Best drama series. You've got Andor. You've got Better Call Saul. You've got The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. Oh. So, uh, all right. What do you want? What are you What are you pulling for there? That's the I'm, question. I think Succession. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. Got I'm it. pulling for White Lotus. I the think that season? okay. I think the second season of White Lotus is the best thing I've seen in a while. Okay. I think it's transcendently good. Not that Succession right. isn't great, but you know, mm. that's it. Um, so we're okay. So best actor, you've got Jeff Bridges in The Old Man, um, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us, and then the Troika from Succession of Brian Cox, Kieran Culkin, and Jeremy Strong. It's going to Kieran. I yeah, hope Kieran's so good. He really is good. It's gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, best actress in a drama series: Shara, uh, Sharon Horgan from Bad Sisters, Melanie oh, Linsky, hey. Yellow Jackets, Elizabeth Moss, The Handmaid's Tale, um, Bella Ramsey, The Last of Us, Kerry Russell, The Diplomat, Sarah Ooh. Snook from Succession. Yeah, she might get it. She was exquisite. I thought yeah, this she last was. season. Yeah, she was. But I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm up for Bad Sisters and I'm up for uh, Diplomat as well. Yeah, that's yeah. all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. That's a good, that's a solid, that's a solid. Okay. All Supporting right. actor in a, in a drama series. Yeah. Okay. It's, this is literally everyone nominated is either from White Lotus or Succession. I just so, want, is it actor? Yeah. Supporting I want Wamsgams. Uh, yeah, Wamsgams is there. That's Timothy McFadden. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pulling for, I want F. Murray Abraham to, to win. That's oh, what was he? I missed it. He was in White Lotus. In White Lotus, he's oh, the old yeah. man. In White Lotus. When he was the old man, he hit his but, head, and then he oh. The, the line that he says about when the, the naked women in his room is the single best thing. I think about it all the time, and it always makes me laugh. It's he is such delight. I he was great in that. Let's go I mean, out on that line. Don't give it away. I'm not going to give it away. Okay, that's good. That'll be our parting. Best supporting part. actress in a drama series. Uh, it's a little more mixed up here. We got Jennifer Coolidge from White Lotus, oh. Megan Fahey from White Lotus, and Aubrey Plaza from White Lotus, and oh. Simona Tabasco from White Lotus. Oh, they were. All oh, and Sabrina and Peccatore from White Lotus. Like literally Perfect. everyone in White Lotus. Yay! Uh, Jay Smith Cameron from Succession. She's Perfect. awesome. Love her. Um, Elizabeth Debicki from The Crown. And Rhea Seahorn from Better Call Saul. That's that's a fucking that's everybody hard. wants her. Yeah. So hard. maybe that's it'll be her one. year. That's a that's hard a one. one. That's a hard category. My gosh, those actors really ooh, they brought it. Um, I anyway. say all of this, but if Aubrey Plaza doesn't win, I'm gonna be really, really mad. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. She was fine. they were she, all incredible. She was. That's it. Yeah. We're just trying to root for people here. That's all. We're just rooting for people. All right, everybody. Uh, so maybe I think that's enough. That's enough. That's, That's enough. enough. Um, I don't know when it is. January. Who knows when the hell that is? I uh, never know when these things are are until the, like the day of. Someone reminds me. But yeah. maybe we'll maybe we'll you know do a little pool or something. Okay. I think we should we should do a a five eight Emmy pool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pool. I'm also uh, rooting for Lorraine uh, Scafaria to win for directing for Succession. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Because okay. that's been Scafaria's sister. My friend. Oh yeah. I so didn't know that. Keep it in the family, man. Okay, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to, it is now 9.06. How much time do you need? Like 10 minutes? 15? Yeah. Like 9.20? I got to get these guys down here. Let me see if I can convince them to be in the background. I think that would be great. So, okay, yeah. listen, I did not I did not know we were doing an after hours, so I did not prepare a link for the after hours. Oh, that's right. It's okay. okay. I'm going to tweet the link. I'm going to put it in the community page, and it's just going to be, I'll make it private after, so it'll just be there. It'll just be on the YouTube page. Click on it and come on in. Go to the uh, YouTube page, everybody. You're on it. Yeah. It's not going to be there yet because I haven't created it yet. But, but just hang on a little bit. It will be there. Yeah. It will True be player. there. Yes. Set your notifications. Thank you. Set um, your notifications. Here that's we what go. we're going to do. Uh, so Okay. So we're going to want to go out on the line. Do you have anything else to say before we... I don't. I love we... this hour. I want us to stay... Um, Ooh, we got to stay alert and attuned to the cruelty that continues. 
Yeah. And yeah. I keep calling it out. It's not okay. It's not no, okay. It's not okay. It's not, it's not okay. okay. Yeah. Um, okay. This is the line we're going out on. So again, I, I'm, I'm sorry if this is spoiling anything. So there's a, there's some, uh, you know, young ladies who were doing stuff for money at White Lotus and they go to F. Murray Abraham, who's the father of Michael Imperioli, and they have the key to his room. So they go up there and they they shower and they're changing. And he walks in when they're there and they're like, oh, sorry. And they just walk out. And it's like this kind of clumsy thing. And then later at dinner, he's sort of ruminating, talking about getting old and how he's this. And somebody says, I, I might never see a naked woman again. And then he goes, I saw I saw a naked woman today in my room. And the son says, well, why were there naked women in your room? And he goes, I have no idea, but it was a wonderful surprise. And that was it. He just didn't even fucking care. He just was so happy. There was so much joy and delight that he wasn't even curious why they were there. He didn't give a shit, which is great. I loved it so much. I really, really loved that that show. Okay. Uh, we'll see everybody in 12 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. Happy Bastille Day. Um, eat the rich. Yeah. The 5-8 is hosted by me, Greg Oliar, and LB, Stephanie Koff. Animation is by Chunk, at Chunkled. The music is My Spy by Howie King, the sum of all music. Please like, share, and subscribe here and on YouTube. To become a 5-8 member and support our show, go to the5-8.com. That's the F-I-V-E number 8.com. Join the party this weekend. We're your Friday night hang.